I call it the covered wagon syndrome. What happened in the Braxton house stayed in the Braxton house. My parents, who have always been very private, didn't want their children talking publicly about our family issues. The years we spent inside that church reinforced that tendency. That's one of the reasons I never felt like I could relate to other children, especially at school. During my elementary school years, my teachers would organize a Halloween march. All the kids would excitedly put on their costumes and parade around the halls. Where's your costume? One of my classmates asked me when I was in fifth grade. Oh, I didn't bring one, I said. The truth was that my family didn't acknowledge any holiday, even after we left Pillar of Truth. But since I already felt like an oddball, I certainly didn't want to admit that. Thankfully, my teacher always brought extra costumes for any child who had forgotten one. So I pretended this was the case for me, and I put on the princess tiara and skirt she handed me. Once I was home, I didn't dare reveal to Mommy that I'd worn the costume, because I knew I'd be in trouble. My classmates teased me mercilessly. Hey, homie Tony Braxton, they'd yell out in the hallways and on the playground. Not only did I wear a dress every single day of the year, yes, even when it was snowing, but my outfits were unstylish, as in homely and frumpy, or as my classmates put it, homey. What's worse, Mommy usually swept my fine pressed and curled hair into a little ponytail that sat squarely on top of my head. And it didn't help that my family had so many children. The year I was ten, my sister Tamar, the youngest, had already arrived. That made us look like the weirdo religious family who apparently didn't practice birth control. In the tree-hugging seventies, you can imagine how many stares we got. My homework was often neglected. We spent so many hours in church that there just wasn't enough time to complete all of my assignments. Why aren't you getting your work done? My parents would ask, making a fuss. I'd shrug and take the licking that came next. On the one hand, my parents didn't play when it came to requiring my siblings and me to do well academically. But on the other hand, they didn't make our schoolwork a priority. The priority was memorizing scriptures and attending services to focus on my studies. At church, all of his children were given batches of 26 scriptures to memorize organized from A to Z. Every Thursday night in our testimony service, we each had to stand up and quote that week's designated verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'd recite from Psalm 23. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. By the time I was twelve, I could recite literally dozens of scriptures perfectly from my memory. Yet, I was a C student. One day, when my class was scheduled to take the Maryland School Assessment, the state's standardized test, my teacher noticed that I wasn't eating lunch at school. Why aren't you eating? She asked. Because we're fasting at church, I told her. A couple of times a year, and especially during Lent and Passover, We refrained from eating for a week or two, though Mommy would always break down and give us dinner.
we were told that fasting was a way to draw closer to God. When I explained this to my teacher, her eyes widened, and I could see the creases form on her forehead. Well, you need to eat in order to be ready for your test, she said. She then reached into her bag and gave me a vanilla bar. Thank you, I murmured. With every bite I took of the bar, I felt more and more guilty. I never told my parents that I ate the bar because I knew they'd be upset. My favorite subject was reading. I loved a series titled The Boxcar Children by Gertrude Chandler Warner. I must have read every book in the set dozens of times.